reach over and grab the person next to you, grab their hand or their shoulder, just touch. Father, we just come into agreement right now for every person that we know that's hurting or in sickness or fighting some kind of anything, Father, we just lift them up to you right now in the name of Jesus. You are all in all. You're everything. There's nothing too difficult for you. There's nothing impossible for you. So I just thank you right now that you do the impossible. You do the miraculous. It's who you are. When you walk into the room, everything changes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. When you walk into the room, darkness has to vanish. Hallelujah. Sickness has to vanish in the name of Jesus. Heaviness has to go in the name of Jesus. Weariness has to go in the name of Jesus. Anxiety has to go in the name of Jesus. Fear has to go at the mention of his name. Father, thank you so much for your great love for us, that that perfect love casts out fear in the name of Jesus. I declare that fear can have no place here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you've already planned out our days, and we just commit those days to you. You know that you're going to walk with us through each and every one. Speak a blessing over every person that's here. As this anointing flows, I thank you that it just you just work in our lives to willing to do your good pleasure, Father. Hallelujah. You're so good. You're so good. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Just love being in the presence of God. Woo! Just love it. Woo. We're going to have some more uh, at the end, a little soaking time at the end. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm not going to go really long, so we'll have a little extra time at the end just to kind of seal the message that the Lord gave me. So, oh, my gosh. It's just so good. I've just been in a state of awe all day, and the Lord, uh, when Pastor asked me to preach for tonight, I, I just thought, I mean, I've been so crazy busy, and I just thought that I would just go off of the last message that I preached, right? Because I didn't even touch, I just barely touched the tip of the iceberg. Like, I had so much, and when I got home, I just had so much more. And so, you know, I'm just going along thinking, oh, I'm just going to do that, I'm just going to do that. And so when I finally just get quiet in his presence, he's like, no, that's not what I want you to share. I'm like, but it's just all so good, Lord. He's like, yeah, but that's not what I, that's not what I want you to do. I'm like, okay, sure, fresh. He's like, he loves fresh manna, amen? He doesn't want anything from the, which is, I'm not saying that what he hasn't given me, I won't share somewhere down the road, but this is definitely, oh, man, this is what he has, has shared with me. Well, actually, it's just, it's just like a story that happened in my life. He's like, I want you to tell, I want you to tell that story, and then we're going to do, and I'm going to do something with it. I'm like, okay, I'm excited. Let's, let's do this. Okay. Father, thank you so much for your presence. I thank you. 
the preparations of my heart and, and my and my mouth order just all yours i just give it to you right now i'm so honored to be in your presence so grateful to be your daughter i thank you that you prepare our hearts to receive the word and that it goes into the good ground of our hearts and that it produces a great harvest in jesus name amen okay so um, for quite some time, probably over a year, I, when I get up in the morning and I have coffee with Jesus, I always uh, pray Psalms 23. And so one morning when I was praying Psalms 23, um, you know, Psalms, how many of you guys know Psalms 123? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So when I got down to the part where it says, um, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, the Holy Spirit just came on me and I had this vision. Uh, I just, when I had my eyes closed, I saw myself walking into this like castle and I was dressed like royalty and I was walking through over this moat into this castle and this hand comes out and takes me and leads me. I didn't see who it was, but it takes me and leads me to this table. Beautiful, big, ornate. There's candles all around. It's just like this beautiful place. And, and this chair gets pulled out and he said, sit down. So I'm sitting down at this table and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is just wild. And so then he sits down beside me. And he says, I have prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And so I could see all this stuff going on way down there. You know how they have those big banquet halls and the table just goes like forever? It's decorating everything. It's down there. And there's just like all this commotion going on. But I don't hear anything. Just like commotions going on. He's like, yeah, that's me. I'm preparing the table for you in the presence of your enemies. They're down there, and you're just not even going to hear them. You're not going to worry about them. It's just like they're not even there. Just don't even worry about them. You don't even see them. I want you to have, I want you to sit here and sup with me, and we're gonna we're gonna fellowship together. And I was like, that is so cool. So every time I pray Psalms 23, I think about that little vision that I have. It's like it just comes back to me every time. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm his daughter, and I'm sitting here having. I'm supping with him right here. I'm so excited because he has things he wants to tell me. So the next, uh, just like a few weeks ago, I was praying Psalms 23, and I get to that part, and I'm seeing that. I'm sitting there, and I see this hand come out, and, it's, and he says, come on. I'm like, okay, come on. Like, I'm leaving this. I'm leaving the table. So he takes me by the hand, and, and it's like we go over and there's this wall, like it's almost like cement, like cinder blocks. Coolest thing. So I see the cinder blocks, and then there's this little opening, and he says, Come on, we're gonna go, we're gonna go in there. I'm like, oh my gosh. Lord, is this you? <laughs> Am I being led astray or is this you? And so he says, Come on, come on, come on. So I go through the door and it's really narrow, and you and, and he's gonna take me up these stairs. I'm like, where are we going? He's like, Do you trust me? Yes, Lord, I trust you. Come on. So I just like hesitated. I don't know why, but I just hesitated because I was like so comfortable, right? We get comfortable where we're at. Like, I just want to sit here and sup with you and fellowship with you. And it's so good. And I'm, it's so rich. And it's like, he's like, come on. Okay. So we start to walk up and we're going up this spiral type staircase thing. And we get up to the top and it's like, I guess I'm at the top of the castle. Okay, cool. So I've, I've, I'm up here with you. So we're standing there and I'm looking out. And it's really kind of cloudy, but it's like I'm way up high. And he says, I want you to start seeing things from my perspective. I want you to quit 
focusing on things that aren't important. I want you to ask me what's important, and I want you to ask me what do I see. And I'm like, wow. Okay, Lord, that's really awesome. So, so I'm standing there. And so, every, so now when I pray Psalms 23, guess where I'm at? I'm up there. I'm up at the top. I'm like, Lord, what's your perspective on this? All the stuff that's spinning around, all the stuff that people are getting anxious about, everything that people are, it's like, I'm like, Lord, what's, because, Lord, what's your perspective on this? He's like, oh, my gosh, I just love them so much. I just love them so much. I just want them to trust me. And he, said, and he, and he looks at me, he's like, I want you to trust me. And I'm like, well, is there a place where I'm not trusting you? He's like, he just kind of chuckled. And it's like almost like he wanted to get out the list and say, well, yeah, there's a few places that you're not trusting me in. Like, so I'm like, okay. Um, so, so anyway, we would have conversations. Instead of being at the table, I'm up here with him and we're having conversations. So then, a little later, I get up when I'm praying Psalms 23, and we're standing there, and he says, look out. And so I looked out, and it was just dark. And he said, there's so much darkness out there right now. There's so much turmoil. There's so many storms going on in people's lives. They're just out there. They're in a storm, and it's raging, and they don't know what to do. And I'm like, I know. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy right now. When you listen to people talk, and you, you, you watch people, it's just, they're so, they're just in a storm, right? It's just like they don't see, they, there's no direction. When you're in a storm, especially if you're out at sea, you don't know. There's no direction, right? And so this is what he told me. So get your Bibles out. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot to do that. Okay, get your Bibles out. And um, Matthew 5.14, which you all know, but hopefully you have it underlined in your Bible. So I'm standing there, I'm looking out at this storm, and it's like I can vaguely see like, ships, like little ships out there just like being tossed to and fro, just all over the place. And so then he says, you know, Matthew 5, uh, Matthew 5, 14. He says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So the Lord says, you're in a lighthouse. You are a lighthouse. Like, where I put you, where we're here, up here, he has put us as believers. We are the lighthouse. Do you understand? Like, we are the lighthouse. They're looking for the light. When you're in a lighthouse and it's dark and storming, what are they looking for? They're looking for that light, right? And he's like, you are the light. Quit hiding your light. Okay, Lord, that's, that's big. So then turn to uh, Isaiah 60. Back toward the middle. I was going to try to have all these marked. I'm just like, I'm not going to do it. Isaiah 60. <sighs> See, you know, this message was for me. I know for sure, but I'm just going to share it with you, and you can just take from it what you shall glean. Isaiah 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. So it's like, this is what I felt like the Lord did. It's like he came and stood behind me as I was standing here on the edge of this, I don't know, it's not like a balcony, but it was like a railing 
on this lighthouse and I'm looking out and he's standing behind me and it's like he will arise over me and his glory will be seen. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory, right? It's like people are going to see Jesus in you. It's not you. It's him. He's going to, his glory will be seen upon you and the Gentiles will come to your light. Amen? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about that. So then Wednesday night, to me, Wednesday nights are the time when you can just get Jesus just downloads to me. I don't know if he does you or not, but it's just like the time where you can just get in the presence of God and there's no distractions and he just talks to you. So anyway, I had my my journal for Wednesday night, you know, for church to take. And so while we were worshiping, he gave me this word. And this is what he said. Every word spoken over your life is the word, the prophetic word and the words that I give you. It, if it hasn't come to pass yet, it's because faith hasn't been exercised. No, see, I can't read my handwriting. It's because I was doing this in the dark, y'all. It's because faith hasn't been mixed with it yet. The word of God, the prophetic, is incorruptible seed. Waiting to be mixed with faith, there is no time limit on any word from God or the word of God. It just has to be mixed with faith. Faith is like the fertilizer to the seed in the plant. So anyway, I wrote that down, and then I, I went about my life and just totally forgot about it. Honestly, I did, but I did write it down. So I've learned, you know, sometimes the Lord will whisper something to you, and you're like, that was so precious, I'm never going to forget it ever. And then the next day you wake up, and you're like, oh, I forgot it. And I feel so bad. Like, I'm like, I forgot it, Lord. Bring it back to me. Anyway, so I've learned to... Write it down. If I'm present, just write it down because it's so important. So I forgot about it. And um, the Lord, as I was praying, he says, go get that journal. Because it's in my other Bible that I only bring to church. And so I make all my notes and everything in it for, you know, when pastor preaches and Lex preaches and whoever's preaching, I just write my notes in there. He said, um, then I want you to go get, so I, I just read this. And he says, I want you to go get your, your journal that you write all the prophecies that have been prophesied over you on. How many of you have that? Like, if somebody's prophesied over you, do you write it down so you can, like... Anyway, I have one, and it's got a lot in it. But there was one particular that he pointed out to me. Pastor Randy prophesied over me. That was our pastor whenever we first, um, we first started this church, and he's the one who basically fathered us. Um, this was in 1992. How many years is that? I don't know. I count fixing to be a long time, like 30 years next year, right? Is that right? Oh my gosh. Okay, so anyway, I am 75, 85. I'm 20-something years old when this word comes to me, okay? I'm, I'm in children's ministry. I'm helping with youth. I'm just, I'm just helping. I'm this cheerleader. Like, I'm the one just helping, you know, Pastor and Laura were the youth leaders at that time. I'm just, we're just trying to help. So anyway, this is the word. Tracy, God's put an anointing of a soul winner upon your life. You're going to cry many tears over many lives. You have an anointing of ministry, but you have an anointing on your life, and you'll be a soul winner. God's going to hook you up. You're going to attack souls for the kingdom of God. You're going to cry many tears. Just receive it from him and attack him with love. Well, when he spoke that to me, I took that word 
and I just didn't put it on the back burner. I put it in the pantry on the back wall, covered up with cans and other stuff, because I was like, a soul winner? Like, I'm not an evangelist. Like, I can't do stuff like Robert did and like Bob and Corey do. It's like, I'm not like that. I'm, I mean, it terrified me. So I just put it on the back, way back. And so the Lord told me today, not today, I can't remember when I was talking to him about this, this last week. And so he took it out. He's like, he, he reminded me of this. It's like, I'm never changing my mind. I spoke it over you, and I'm never changing my mind about it. It doesn't matter if it's 30 years or 50 years. I'm not changing my mind about it. He said, you better get busy. I'm like, okay, but I don't know what it looks like for me. What does it look like for me? He's like, well, that's where you, we're going to just, we're going to do this because it's not about me. It's all about Jesus, right? And how are we going to be the light for the people out there in the darkness who are being tossed about to and fro by every wind of doctrine? We have to be the light. We have to be rooted and grounded in his love because love never fails. It's the love of God that brings us to repentance. Amen. So that's what we have to cultivate and, and do. So anyway, I've been just been reading over this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have an anointing of a soul winner. Oh my gosh. I've always just been an encourager. You know, the people who come in after being saved, that's what I do. It's like, build them up, pump them up. You can do this. Let's put the word of God in your heart. That's what I do. And so it's like this, this whole thing right here, it kind of it made me lurch a little bit. But it's like, I, this is what the Lord told me. He's like, I said that. And so I just started gleaning through all these words that he spoke over me through all these different people. I even have one from you that you spoke over me. We were right, I remember exactly where it was. It was right over there. We were facing that way. And you came to me, you're like, I have to tell you this right now. Jesus told me to tell you this. And it was like, oh my gosh. It was so awesome. I'm not gonna tell you what it was, too precious. Okay, so, so anyway, 1 Timothy 4, 14. I have all my, you know, guys, I just like to read my Bible. Not my app. I'm going to put this up here. Okay. All right. 1 Timothy 4. 4.14. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation because I really like it. It says, don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life. For it was imparted to you by the laying on of hands of the elders and was activated through the prophecy they spoke over you. Don't minimize and that's what I had done for almost 30 years. I minimized the word of God. I mean, I was doing some heavy duty repenting, man. I was on my face. I've been bawling all day long. I didn't even, like, just forget putting makeup on because I'd just been bawling. And then the presence of God when I came in this room is like, whew, so good. He says in verse 15, it says, make all of this your constant meditation and make it real with your life so everyone can see that you are moving forward. Give careful attention to your spiritual life and every cherished truth you teach. For living what you preach will then release even more abundant life inside you and all those who listen to you. Amen? So that's why it's so important to, to walk in what the Lord has spoken to you because it's not about you. And that's what I'm learning. It's like it's not about me. I had to break free from all the different fears of man, the opinion of man, all these different things because... It's not about me. And I had a friend who gave me a really good uh, acronym for the word ego. And it's edging God out. 
your ego, when you're in your ego, you're edging God out saying, I got this. And I'm like, oh, I never want to do that. Like, I can't do anything without you, Jesus. Like, if you're not in me, filling me, and coming out of me, it's like, I might as well just go home and go to bed. Pull up the covers and just be done. But when he's in you, right, when you know it's him, and the, just the time that I had with him today and the, what he poured into me, it's just like, you can't deny it. How many of you experienced that? I mean, I know. I'm preaching to the choir here probably. Yes, for sure. So Matthew 9, 36, I know most of you know this. So this, so as I've been thinking about this, uh, and today, I think it was today, or maybe it was yesterday, I think maybe it was yesterday, uh, I'm just going to go to this in here, Matthew 9, we're going to have a little call to action at the end here, but I just want to share a couple things here. Mm-hmm. Let's see what it says here, 36, Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the vast crowds of people, Jesus' heart was deeply moved with compassion because they seemed weary and helpless, like wandering sheep without a shepherd. He turned to his disciples and said, the harvest is huge and ripe. Say huge and ripe. Jesus was saying this back then, but right now, the harvest is huge and ripe. If it ever has been, now it is. But there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest, to our father, to thrust out many more reapers to harvest his grain. And that's what I feel like more than anything. Like if he's telling me, (laughs) if he's telling me that I'm a harvester, like I'm a light, I know that he's telling all of us because we... We're important. We're significant to this time. It was like for this time you were born, right? Like it, the word says that it's in him we live and move and have our being. For such a time, as this like now is the time for whoever you come across. I'm not saying that you have to go out and evangelize Africa, but what about your area? What about just where you are and just the people that you come in contact with? So after it says this, it says, uh, in, in chapter 10, so right after this, it says, Jesus gathered his 12 disciples and imparted to them authority. So when you say yes to Jesus, I'm going to be a harvester, guess what happens? He imparts to you authority. So in other words, it's not you going and doing it. It's just like you being a willing vessel. And he says, don't worry about what you're going to say. He told his disciples, that. he's like, hey, just go. Don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit that's in you, is gonna, he's going to tell you what to say because every person needs a different word, don't they? Every person needs a different word, so you're not going to have to worry about it, like have it all prepared in your head about what you're going to say. He is going to give you authority. He's going to empower you with his spirit and his presence to be able to go forth and say what you need to say. So I wish I would have sent the pictures to you. I didn't know who was going to be here today, but I'm just going to read through this. Lisa Bevere. How many of you know Lisa Bevere? It's an amazing woman of God. It was probably 35 years or so we've followed, you know, just known her. And oh, goodness gracious, my phone. I thought I had it already. Okay. So like I said, you know, sometimes the Lord just gives you confirmations on different things by just random stuff that happens. And so this is something random that happened as I was um, on Instagram. Lisa Bevere posted this thing. It says, let's talk evangelism. my gosh. I'm like, okay, let's talk evangelism. So she has these different pages. I'm going to just read them to you. She says, time and time again, we read throughout scripture of God making 
the lost his first priority. If we're going to be people after God's heart, we need to be passionate about the things he's passionate about. And if the lost is God's priority, it needs to be ours. So this is, this is what she says. Every Christian is called to evangelize. You don't need the gift of evangelism. And I think that that was my greatest fear was just like needing the, like I'm going to be an evangelist. You don't have to be a theological expert, which that's another one of my fears. It's like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say when they say this? And what are they going to say if I, they say this? And it doesn't have to be weird. You don't have to be weird, right? You have to wear a white robe and a tam- tambourine. Begin imagining the realities of heaven and hell every day, right? Because isn't that what it's all about? It's about loading up heaven, getting feet in heaven, right? Remember, people are the only thing you can take with you. The lost is God's top priority. It should also be ours. Pray for those who don't have a relationship with him by name. Ask for doors of opportunity to open. Now, I've done that for a really long time. My husband and I would have lists and lists of people and and marriages and different people that we would just pray and pray and pray for um, and just pray that God would put people across their path, you know, if it wasn't us that he would do that. So I wasn't evangelizing, but I was interceding for them anyway. When you're witnessing to non-believers, these are her four tips. Show genuine care and interest in their lives. Don't underestimate the power of your testimony. Amen? That is the most powerful thing, is your testimony. Avoid Christianese or language that is either unfamiliar or overly religious. Isn't that the truth? It's like even my husband, when he, come, when he first started coming to church, he was like, release your faith. You're so blessed. Like, what, do you, what does that mean exactly? It's like, but his, his biggest one was like, release your faith. He's like, well, what does that mean? Like, release your faith. How do you release it? That was one of his favorite, like, Christianese words. Witness with faith. Witness with faith they'll believe and not I hope so mentality. Not I hope so. So you're going to say witness with faith that they're going to believe what you're telling them because it is, there's so much power in the gospel, isn't there? The word of God is living and active and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, right? So when we are speaking the word to people, like, in a, in a way that they can understand it, this is anointed, And when they hear it, if their ears are ready to hear, it's like God does something, right? He did it for us. And that's whenever I get frustrated, he's like, um, excuse me, I found you. I called you. No one's too difficult for me. No one's too difficult for me, little girl. (laughs) So um, if he spoke it, he wants it for you, and he's not changing his mind. God is not changing his mind about any of this. If he, and so I think what I really want to see is, is for us to have a re- re- revelation that we have a job to do while we're here. We're not here to play solitaire. We're here to make a difference for Jesus. When we've been enlisted into his army and into his kingdom, he doesn't just say, I want you to go sit and wait for me to come now. Just go sit and wait over there. Like Joseph's like, over there, just sit, go sit and wait for me. No, he's like, no, I need you. I need you to put feet and hands and be my mouth. Just, I want you to go and do that. And so that's my revelation is like, I want to, that's my goal. It's like the things that the Lord has given me, 
I'm getting out of my fears and I'm, I'm just going to do it for Jesus, right? We have to stand before Jesus and say, I, I, I wanted to let my light shine for you in such a way that they saw my good works and it brought you glory, right? We want to bring Jesus glory, especially when we come before him. We want to present something to him, right? Not just like, whew, made it. Hey, Jesus, I'm going to go sit down over here because I know I don't have anything, right? No, we want to come and worship him and say, I loved you and I, I wanted to do what you want me to do. I want to be your hands and your feet. Okay, last scripture, 2 Corinthians 1.20. And then what I want after, let me just do the scripture first so I get so ahead of myself. Squirrel. I'm a squirrel, okay. I just get so excited. All day long, I've just been talk, talking to the Lord about this. I'm like, well, what about this? He's like, shh, just, shh, just, just go with this. Just start where I told you to. First, second Corinthians, I'm in first Corinthians, second Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.20. Okay. La, 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 la. Okay, so verse 20, it says, for all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. So, you know, we know, we say all of God's promises are yes and amen, right? We know that this is the Passion Translation. And as his yes and our, our, our amen ascend to God, we bring him glory. So all God's promises are yes and amen. It's our job to apply the faith to activate. Listen to this. Now it is God himself who has anointed us, and he is constantly strengthening both you and us in union with Him, with Christ. He knows we are his since he has also stamped his seal of love over our hearts and has given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring is given to a bride, a down payment of the blessings to come. It says, now it is God himself who has anointed us. And 1 John 2, 20 says that you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. You have an anointing in you already. It's there. You don't have to wait for it to come. When we come in here and we experience corporate anointing, that's different. But we're, bring, we're all bringing our anointing that we have from the Holy Spirit. We're bringing it here. And that's why it's so, wow. Somebody can walk into this place who's not been here before and they experience the presence of God. I can't tell you how many friends I brought into our church just to look at it because it's like, oh, it's amazing. And they're just like, Whew. it's like they, they can sense the presence of God and it brings like a sense of awe, right? God himself has anointed us to go forth and be a light. So I'm going to ask you to commit to the Lord tonight, to be a part of his lighthouse so that those people out there who are being tossed about to and fro by so much stuff. Y'all, there's so much stuff out there. I have friends who have, I don't understand it, but they've turned from their faith. Like they told me that they don't believe that Jesus is the only way. And I was just like, wait, what? What, what do you mean? I don't understand. Can you explain this to me? I need to know how to talk to people like that. And so that's what I'm seeking the Lord about because, man, once you experience Jesus, and maybe that's what happened, maybe there wasn't a true experience with Jesus. Like once you experience him, there is no going back. There is no going back. Like when you get saved and you know that you know that you know that, I just don't understand. But anyway, those are the kind of people that I feel like God's putting across my path because it's happened like three different times. And it's like, Lord, I just need I need an anointing 
to know how to, to talk to this because I know that you love them and you want them in your kingdom. Amen. So what I want to do is this, the call to action is I want to sing the song, this, the one right before when you walk into the room, because I felt like that was probably appropriate. Yeah. And then I want you, we're just going to take a little bit of time. It's not even, well, it's just now 8 o'clock. So just like five or 10 minutes. So, But if you have to go, you just you feel free to go. This is There's no judgment. I just want to have a little bit of time to where we can say yes to God. I'm going to be the light. And then we can repent to God for putting a bushel over. I mean, that's what I had to do. It's like, I'm covering my light sometimes. Like, I don't want people to see the light. Like, I'm afraid. Because I'm afraid. And I'm just not going to do that anymore. I'm taking the bushel off, and I'm not afraid. I'm going to be a light. Amen? You ready to be a light? So we're going to just sing this song. And... um. And then I'm just going to say, we're just going to sing the song and then we're going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get back up here and end it. We're just going to, as you get ready, you just go and Lord's going to minister. Father, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to be in here and experience your power and your presence. And right now we just come before you. Lord, we just, we just prostrate our hearts before you and say, here we are, Lord. You're able to use us and flow through us and just let us be your conduit. Let us be your lighthouse, Father. As we sing this song, I ask you just to change us and, and mold us and make us after your will. Whatever needs to happen, I just ask that those changes will happen tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.